Are you ready to live the all-in life? Then welcome to the All-In Podcast Show, sharing the defining moments of impact-driven entrepreneurs, industry pioneers, and transformative leaders as they showcase their defining moments and went all-in on their business and found true success. From the early steps in their journey to the moment they truly took their commitment to their life and business to another level, we'll give you the insight you need to go all-in on your dream life. Now here's your host, Daniel Giordano. Welcome to the All In Podcast Show. Today, I'm excited to share with you uh, a great message. I'm sure this is going to be fun and entertaining as well as educational. Um, I'm excited to have you here, Tracy Ennis. Oh, my pleasure, Daniel. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking about what we were talking about earlier, but we're good. <laughs> Not sure you want to share that with your audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Right. Maybe later. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear your story and your journey, right? And I always like to start with, you know, a little bit about your background, like your upbringing. Oh, born and raised California girl. I'm a Kansas City transplant. And for all you Kansas City Chiefs fans out there, I am not one, <laughs> even though I live in this city. I am a total tried and true since I was nine years old Raider fan. And so if you're a Raider hater, I apologize, but don't hate the girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so when I came to KC, um, uh, found my husband at the time, moved us to Dallas, found out that I was pregnant, moved me back to Branson. And I started my sales career in timeshare of all things. Right. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. Um, and then I got my real real estate license a couple years later and started selling houses in Joplin. So if those of you remember, it was probably like 10 years ago, just a couple weeks ago or last month that that big tornado came through. Mm -hmm. We weren't living there at the time. I was back here in KC. But um, so we and I sold everything. I have sold everything from the $2,000 house in the 08, 09, 10 crisis <laughs> to the $1.2 million lake home in Branson. <laughs> So I also worked for National City Mortgage down during the financial crisis, and then I got laid off and I couldn't find a job. So they, were, they weren't one of the banks that got bailed out. So PNC Mortgage came in, bought out National City Bank, and then fired all the rest of us that were on the retail side. So um, everybody else in the Kansas City area, because my office was in Leawood, Kansas, I was the only one working remotely. Um, they all found a job, but I didn't because I was in a rural area. So it was very difficult. So I moved back up here to KC. Then I worked um, very successfully with an office that did all the foreclosures, the, the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, HUD foreclosures around the city. Um, and it was really good until things really improved, the market improved, and she closed up shop and moved us all to Keller Williams and then wanted to double dip with um, my commissions. And I told her to go fly a kite. And so, <laughs> so and I was a broker. So um, at that time, I opened my own office and I just sent referrals to people over at Keller Williams because I didn't want, I didn't have a book of business. You know, even though I was successful down in the Branson area, I lived up here in KC, regardless that I had 10 years in the business, I didn't have any clients or past clients. I didn't have a book of business. And so I didn't have any money to do that. So I took a job and I found this job on LinkedIn. And this job was a promoter at the, if you all know the Costco's and the Sam's Clubs where they do the samples. Yeah. So this was a SGN Nutrition. They had a, a product called Eco Drink, and they were out of Carlsbad, California. And so I found this job and I started and it was like 10 bucks an hour plus commission. So you got commission depending on how many boxes you sold per day. 
And so I did really well. Within a week, I was promoted to lead. Then I was in charge of all the promoters doing the demos in seven stores in my city. And then within two months, I was field regional manager and I was in charge of 83 stores in seven states. I was doing a lot of driving. <laughs> so we I had a very robust responsibility list, um, including training new demo personnel, going and checking up on demo folks. Um, and then, you know, doing the training, the hiring, and we would find them through Craigslist and LinkedIn. And so I played a lot in LinkedIn in the evenings while everybody else was going out partying. Hmm. I was up till 11 o'clock at night, you know, farting around in LinkedIn. So that's kind of how I learned. I was in the trenches immediately with LinkedIn. But then within a few months, I got laid off again because they um, partnered with one of the, the second largest pharmaceutical country company in the country and blew through three million bucks in three months. <laughs> And they said, you better lay off a bunch of folks or we're pulling out. And so they laid off everybody in the field. There was like 40 of us, except for one. And I happened to be one of those. So I found myself without a job again, fired twice from corporate America within four years. <clears throat> Six figure income gone. And I'm a single mom and I got two boys left at home. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had been doing a side gig. Like, I think a lot of people have like their side gigs, like their passion kind of thing. And I kind of wanted to get into the digital marketing thing. And um, on the advice of my sister, who was, um, she had brain cancer, who, but had successfully started her own freelance agency. There's a big story behind that, but I won't talk about that now. Um, on her advice, I started my own agency. And um, in February of 2013, I started getting paid for what I was doing but I hated it. I was doing SEO, building WordPress websites, doing the, the Google maps and the carousel and the business directories and the YouTube videos. And I'm just telling you, I just couldn't handle it. I just did not like it, but I couldn't get any clients in my own backyard. I was going to networking events, BNI, chamber meetings. And it was just like a bunch of broke people trying to sell to a bunch of broke people. <laughs> and so I turned to LinkedIn and I started finding my clients. Like I had a, a big roofing company out of Philadelphia was one of my clients. I had a digital marketing agency out of Houston was one of my clients. Then I started getting clients in Canada and it just ballooned from there. And so I, you know, started, you know, getting my clients from there. And then eventually those clients were like, well, what are you doing? Can you do it for us? So that started the consulting agency. And then on the recommendation at a conference that I went to in San Diego, they dissected my business in seven minutes and said, fire all your clients, start a LinkedIn consulting agency and write a book. Well, I did write a book, took me three years. <laughs> the book behind me, LinkedIn Publishing the Profits, but it was uh, pre-released in 2017, October, 2017, released in 2018. That was probably the best decision ever made. And one of the hardest things I've ever done actually. Um, and then, you know, I never turned back and I've been doing LinkedIn coaching and consulting ever since. And that's why we're here today. <laughs> awesome. So I, I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, you, you uh, went back to the root of what you actually had success with, right. You know, after you probably dabbled, like what you shared, doing all those other things that you didn't enjoy doing and found the thing that was working for you. Right. Yes. Was there any fear for you, like starting your own business? Oh yeah, because like I had a little bit of a nest egg, mm -hmm. but not enough to sustain, you know, like, because I don't have a college degree. Mm -hmm. 
And so, and even I was going like through the Craigslist ads and stuff, looking for jobs and stuff, people with college bachelor degrees were still, they were still only paying them 10 to $13 an hour. Like, I can't believe that people are putting in what 40, 50, 60, $70,000 in their education and they graduate and they're making 10 bucks an hour. That's crazy. (laughs) You know? So yeah, I was scared as all get out. Look, my sister was a very intelligent woman and very gifted in the arts. And, um, but I listened to her because, and I'll just give you the backstory with her. She worked for a very prestigious advertising firm in San Francisco, but because she didn't have the piece of paper, you know, that degree, she wasn't getting their promotions. And Mm -hmm. so she told them to go fly a kite and she started her own freelance agency and started making more money than she ever made at the advertising firm. And eventually she started doing watercolor paintings and opened up her own gallery in San Jose. She had an art gallery in San Jose. Like, I mean, she was very successful. And so I took her advice and I ran with it, but it wasn't easy. Like I'm telling you, I mean, business wasn't always on a steady up. I was learning things just like everybody else. I'm, you know, I invested a lot in my own education. I bought a lot of courses. I went to seminars. Um, I was a sponge pretty much. I call myself a self-proclaimed proclaimed info junkie. <laughs> and so I probably have like a hundred thousand dollars worth of education on my laptop right now. <laughs> so, um, but I still continue to do that because look, social media changes. Um, there's still traditional marketing strategies that still are effective and work today, but then there's with, you know, internet things have changed, you know, social media changed their platforms. They add things, they take things away you know, you've got to pivot and you've got to work around that stuff. Maybe what was working today, like maybe your Facebook ad account got shut down. Like I heard a lot of people just got shut down in 2020, which was crazy. You know, what am I going to do now? (laughs) Right. Um, I really think you should have, you know, your fingers and, you know, your business in more than one platform, but you got to pick one first. And my platform of choice is LinkedIn. Hands down, LinkedIn has been um, so great to me and I've never spent $1 in advertising ever. That's awesome. All right. That's, that's, that's a a great refreshing thing to hear, you know, in the, uh, you know, especially me being an ad guy, right? So, um, you know, I know that uh, LinkedIn has its place for certain types of businesses and many businesses have flourished with it, but knowing that there's people out there like yourself that have figured out and mastered certain things that are helping other businesses, you know, succeed is, uh, you know, an awesome thing to see. And, you know, I was excited when I saw you submit the information. I was like, oh, a LinkedIn person, right? I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I know it's a thorn for me. The only way that's how I reached you was on LinkedIn because I forced right. myself to do it, right? I was like, there's got to be podcasters on there, right? <laughs> there's got to be people that have a message, right? Um, so so from the time you, you mentioned a couple things there around the, you know, it has, hasn't always been this upward trajectory, yeah. right? Because uh, I think a lot of times people look on the outside of where you're at now and they forget that you had to start somewhere or maybe there may have been some bumps, right? So have there been any any uh, times where you were just like, you know, maybe I'm going to throw in a towel here or change course or, you know, frustrate it with certain things or did you just, you know, skyrocket well, and never look back? And Very much so in the beginning. Um, I don't care what anybody says that sales are sales or sales because I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Right. I was going to say, because, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you have to learn every industry is a little bit different. And yeah, sales, you know, you still have to sell to make a business grow and keep it going, right? Keep the doors open, put lights on, pay your employees. 
But at the end of the day, I could sell real estate and I could sell mortgages because I understood the language. I understood what the client needed. I asked a lot of questions and that's still applicable today. I still ask a lot of questions and find out what the client needs, you know, to help them, you know, grow and use LinkedIn for business development and branding. However, the language was different on an online platform than when you're face to face with the client who really needs a mortgage right now to buy this house or needs a house, you know, those, you don't know what somebody needs in LinkedIn. You don't know if they want it, need it, even care, <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, it took a lot of practice and I'm not saying there weren't slim months because there were, there were really slim months. Like last year when COVID hit, a lot of my clients are, they're not just self-employed or business owners. They own the business. They actually were employed with companies and a lot of them were furloughed or completely laid off. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they couldn't afford our services anymore, or they didn't feel like that they could because, you know, like a lot of them, like one of them, she was in New York, her and her um, colleague where I was working with them, both of them together, they're in the same company advertising firm. One of our clients is Coca-Cola. They got furloughed and lost 20% of their income. They either took that 20% um uh, reduction in their, their salary, or they got laid off period. And that 20%, when you're making six figures, that could be a lot of money, you know? And they're like, well, we need to make sure that we're okay. My family's okay. And I understood that completely, you know? So I lost a lot of business too. So how did I turn around and pivot? Right. And still with using LinkedIn and I started, started contacting people and eventually um, I got asked to speak at EO, which is Entrepreneurs Organization in Ontario, Canada. Well, unfortunately, I couldn't fly there because of COVID, because that's what they wanted me is to fly and do this presentation in person, which would have been absolutely amazing. Um, but I did it virtually and landed clients. And then I started getting on podcasts. And that, again, that brought in some clients. And so I just kept plugging away at it. And I just found the people who weren't hurting for money or completely laid off. Um, and I kept my business afloat and what we decided is that, you know, there's a lot of people still hurting out there. So we decided to, um, you do what everybody else has done. We should have done this a long time ago is become course creators. (laughs) So not every can, everybody can afford the high-end programs that, that we have. Right. And so we want to help more people. Last year, uh, LinkedIn came out with a statistic in May that said in the first 60 days of the pandemic, they saw an increase of 55% of activity on LinkedIn over all of 2019. So that got me thinking. So I went to Sales Navigator and I typed in one of the filters they had was how many people worldwide joined LinkedIn in the last 30 days? So I did. It was over 3 million people, Daniel. 3 million. I'm like, Okay, there's something to be said for that. So now they're getting record new members on LinkedIn. But what about the people that have been on LinkedIn that they're there, but they're not using it? Or all of a sudden they have to use it because all of their sales and marketing team have gone remote and they still need to bring in leads and stuff, right? But they don't know how to use it. You know, so that got us thinking. And so now that we've now, you know, pivoted in a way that we are now working on programs where it's more economical and then those who want to like get more of a, you know, an accelerated, you know, um, learning and and reduce their learning curve, then they will end up, you know, we'll put them into a private coaching program, but we want to have an entry level point that people can get started. And what I, what I've found in LinkedIn is that 
people don't take the time to do their foundation work. And that's, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's LinkedIn or any other marketing campaign you're going to do. You got to have the foundation. You have to know who your ideal prospect is. Mm-hmm. You got to know, you know, what are their demographics? You got to know some of the psychographics, right? Who are they? What do they do? Who do they follow? What are their desires? Biggest fears. I, biggest takeaways I get from Dan Kennedy. <clears throat> Been a Dan Kennedy student for years. And that really sets the tone for how you're going to develop your your profile, who you're going to send connection requests to, and how you're going to message them and respond to them in order to get them to trust you, like you, and say, yes, um, I accept a meeting with you. And I think that's where a lot of people fail is because it doesn't matter what your activities are in LinkedIn, 99% of your activities in LinkedIn is tied to your personal profile. And what are people going to do when you make a connection request, put up a really awesome piece of content, whether it's an article or in the newsfeed, or you're uh, engaging with other people's content on LinkedIn, what are they more likely going to go do? This is not a trick question. They're going to go look at your profile. They're going to go look at your profile. Exactly. And so if your profile stinks, (laughs) I mean, you're probably losing opportunity. You're missing opportunity. And I did years ago, I missed a six figure deal mm-hmm. because my profile stunk, right. you know? Okay. So, and I think that's where it starts. And I think people don't take the time to do it or they're still treating it like LinkedIn was 18 years ago. Like, right. let me just tout, you know, about my resume and look at me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think I have it in my about section about does your profile read like a Toby Keith song? <laughs> it's all about me, 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 me. <laughs> If any of your country music fans out there, <clears throat> but you've got it. That profile not only does it have to have the human side of you. People want to know things about you, what organizations you support, any volunteer work, your education, projects that you're proud of, any publications that you have. Those are all important. But people really want to know what's in it for them, right. right? They want to know who it is that you work with, how do you work with them, what you do for them, and at the end of the day. How are you different than the guy down the street, your competition, and what kind of results and outcomes can they expect working with you? And I think that's where people drop the ball. Right. Okay. So if somebody's listening to this right now and they're on this entrepreneurial journey, right, and say they've already decided the thing they're doing, right, and and LinkedIn is obviously an area they should be focused on, what would be something that you'd, you know, what would be like the first steps you'd share with them? Aside from coming and, you know, signing up for what you have to offer, which is the obvious, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ask that question again. Maybe I didn't understand. Um, What would be the first steps you'd share with someone that's on this journey? They're trying to figure out how they get more business, you know, um, and, you know, connect with the the ideal client. What would be the process? I know you shared a couple of key points. I want to, that's what I want to highlight, basically what you just shared there, but condense it into like, here's some actionable steps for you right now. Well, the process is sitting down and making that definition of who it is that you're working with. Mm. What is it that you're doing for them? How you're doing it? Get a get a good grasp of who your competition is um, and what they're doing. Um, and I don't mean just like look at their stuff outside of LinkedIn. Go and go make sure that you get in your privacy privacy settings and make sure that you're you know perusing LinkedIn anonymously mm. when you're looking at your your competitors and go look at the company pages. Go look at the key people's profiles. Go see what keywords they're using um, because LinkedIn is a search engine after all. 
Um, people are going to find you based off of keywords that are in your profile. <clears throat> and then I would go and make sure you set yourself back to public. So when you're looking at prospects, they know that they're looking at, you're looking at them. Right. Believe me, I've made that mistake countless numbers of times. <clears throat> then I would go in and off of LinkedIn, really sit down and, you know, spell this stuff out, write it out, because this is how you're going to formulate, you know, what you're going to say in your profile, what messages you're going to send to people that you want to connect with. And this is also how you're going to develop your content, whether it be articles, videos, or just text in the newsfeed. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we do a campaign. Um, it starts with the profile. I can't hammer and hound enough about it. It starts with the profile. It starts with the profile. <laughs> so, um, I mean, because you never know who's in somebody else's network. And if they start engaging with you, especially in the newsfeed, their network's going to get notified their second and third degree network is going to get notified and they're going to get curious and they're going to come to you. And this can, you know, potentially be a viral effect for you. And it happened to me a few years ago, back in February of 2015, I did a post, took me 10 minutes and it went viral. And I had like 1200 connection requests in like a matter of 24 hours. I had over 2,500 um, people commenting on this post or liking the post. I had over 800 comments. I couldn't keep up with it, you know, but was what was cool was the connection request part of it. And I started finding clients in there. That post made me five figures mm -hmm. with 10 minutes worth of work. Right. You know, it was the right message to the right person at the right time. You know, and then what did they all go do? They went to my profile and decide they made a decision whether they wanted to connect with me or not. Right. That's good. So from the, from the perspective of what drives you and where you're going, I always like to hear like, what's the vision for you? My vision is to help more people. Mm -hmm. We saw what 2020 did and it's not like the first time we haven't done a course before. We just haven't done one in a very long time. And we, we know what our competition does. And they put together one big fat course, right? Mm -hmm. It's $3,000 and here's everything you need to do on LinkedIn. When LinkedIn does have a lot of moving pieces to it. And it, you know, one of the, the reasons why people aren't using it like they could is because they feel like they have to do everything and then they get overwhelmed and they just throw in the towel, right? you know, and then they quit. Well, it's the same thing with those courses, right? They give you everything about LinkedIn. And then you're like, wow, there's just too much here. <laughs> forget it. Right. So we're going to take it piece by piece by piece. And we're going to start with foundation. Right. And we're going to throw in some really cool bonuses. So you don't have to wait till the second one comes, we're going to give you a jump start, but we're going to have some really cool stuff with it. And it's really going to deep dive on how to craft that profile. And we're not like some of the other LinkedIn trainers out there that only concentrate on three sections, four sections. We cover A to Z top to bottom. And there's some little advanced tricks for to get a little, you know, uh, visibility jump, a little LinkedIn SEO and things like that, that nobody else is teaching. All right. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing that. When's that coming out? Uh, uh, between my copywriter and my funnel builders and my membership tech guy, I'm hoping to. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's right. like a domino. You're waiting on one person. If that person doesn't get it done, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you keep got to keep the fire under the one person, right? <laughs> exactly, that's right. So, so to change up gears here a little bit around, uh, what do you like to do for fun as an entrepreneur? Um, guys, don't laugh, don't laugh. Um, 
I used to be an aspiring fitness competitor back in the nineties, but never made it to stage because of injury. And um, then I had a couple more kids and got fluffy. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I did the, the reverse of what a lot of people did in COVID. And I started at the gym July 13th and I've lost 60 pounds so far. And I've decided that I want to work on going to a fitness competition in 2022. Awesome. Got to check off that bucket list. And so yeah. So that's what I do for fun. I I'm at the gym five to six days a week. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, and I always like to hear that because I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, you know, we, we tend to get so consumed with the business. Um, sometimes we let our health go, right. And we let, you know, other areas go. Right. And you know, it affects every area of our life. So it's, you know, it's fascinating to see like, you know, you got something that's driving you and that energy you're creating there, obviously it's going to spill over into what you're doing in the, you know, in the business world. And definitely improve my focus. That's for sure. You yeah. get up in the morning, get your meal in, take care of the dog, get to the gym, work with the trainer. He keeps you motivated and positive. And then, you know, you come home and you're just raring and ready to go. Right. That's <laughs> so. good. You got it done. All right. Well, um, how do people find out more about you? Uh, definitely go connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Tracy Enos on LinkedIn, I think still with a photo. I was the very first Tracy Enos on LinkedIn in 2009. Okay. That was pretty cool. Um, although I can't prove that anymore because, you know, the laptop that I had crashed and so did all the content and <laughs> so all the screenshots. But um, I think I'm still the only one with a photo. So it's E-N-O-S. And then uh, you'll see a purple background. That's me. And then they can go, um, if they, they can grab a free book, the LinkedIn Publishing to Profits. Um, it's in a PDF. And I'm going to give you guys a 23-point profile checklist for free. It's now upgraded to 28. So if you guys opt in for the 23-point, you will get the 28-point um, when it comes out. And you can just go to, you have to put the www in front of it, unfortunately, uh, www.linkedintopublishing.com. I appreciate you coming and sharing your message and the impact you're having in the world. And you know, thank you for being here. Thanks, Daniel. It was my pleasure. We want to thank you for being all in with us on today's episode of the All In Podcast Show. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, as well as ways to connect to our guests, head to allinpodcast.com. That's available exclusively on allinpodcast.com.